Crosstracks case management system. That is what we are talking about today. Are you using a case management system? What are you waiting for? If you don't use a case management system, you really need to look into implementing that into your business regimen. I've been at it with Crosstracks now a little over a year, and it's just been a game changer for my business. They are SOC 2 certified, SOC 2 Type 2 certified. If you don't know what that means, it means that their encryption system is second to none. And you have to go through a whole screening process to figure out uh, if you can even qualify for that, and they have. So you know with certainty your data is being protected. I don't think there's another case management system out there that offers that same ability to have the SOC 2 Type 2 certification. As you guys know, I've been uh, you know singing the praises of Crosstracks, and uh, I really believe in this product, and I believe you should check it out. Contact Brad, contact Pat, uh, one of the team members over there, and see if it's right for you. Crosstracks case management system, check it out today. Are you an investigative professional? Did you know you can find the best private investigator resources using investigatorstoolbox.com? This resource community was built exclusively for licensed investigators and investigative professionals. You can network directly with members, educate yourself through free webinars and blogs, and even create your own customizable research library. Membership starts for as little as 49 cents a day. Download the Investigators Toolbox app or visit our webpage at www.investigators-toolbox.com. Welcome to today's episode of PI Perspectives. Joining us is Jan Barefoot from Barefoot PI. Jan has been in the business for over 35 years and has some great insight. She recently hired a president of her company. We're going to talk about managing a PI business and how to start taking a step back as you grow. So let's get right into it and welcome Jan Barefoot and your host, private investigator, Matt Spare. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of PI Perspective. This is Matt Spare, your host. Uh, today, I am very, very honored to welcome my friend Jan Barefoot to the program. Jan, how are you? I'm doing great, Matt. How are you? Great, great. I'm doing awesome. So we have bumped into each other a few times this year at conferences, and uh, it's great to have you on. Yeah, now that we're able to travel, San Diego was a our first outing, I guess, since COVID. So it was great to see you there. Yeah, yeah. Actually, no, weren't you in in Nally too? Didn't you go out to Texas? Oh, you're right. San Antonio. Yeah, yes. that was great too. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I think I saw you more than once this year. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. We in South Carolina too at Scali or no? I was not at South oh, Okay, Carolina. all right. Even though that's the closest to me. <laughs> you should have not, been there. I, was not, I know, I should have been there. That's <laughs> okay. That was a good one, actually. Um, yeah. So anyways, um, I heard you do a podcast with John Hoda, uh, I think either earlier this year or, or the end of last year. And I was like, I got to have Jen on. She This was awesome. And uh, Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah I did yeah, that. I think, really I think maybe last fall. Yep. And John's a great interviewer, um, but it, it, I love listening to his podcast and, and how yeah. he does things. Um, but you had a great story and a, a great background. So I wanted to have you on um, here to, to talk a little bit. So tell me a little bit about your background and how you got into, into the business. Well, I mean, my background <coughs> is definitely unique uh, for two reasons. First of all, you know, I'm female and there's, you know, more and more females are getting into the business nowadays, which is great. But in 1986, when I started, there weren't many, very many females in the business, but I didn't come from law enforcement. In fact, I didn't go to college. I uh, graduated high school. I did go to a six-month secretarial college, so I thought I wanted to be a legal secretary when I grew up. So 
learned how to type like a mad woman, take shorthand like a mad woman, and went to work for a law firm here in Charlotte. Right. Um, dictaphone? Uh, I'm sorry? Was a dictaphone to you using a dictaphone? Um, the, shorthand. The, the shorthand transcription. Yes, I did not use the shorthand after you know, the last day of college. And yeah. yes, it was transcription. Right. Um, so I worked for that firm for a couple of years and met the investigator that they were working with at the time. And uh, he had just started his business and asked me if I wanted to come to work part-time with him. So I did. I was doing sort of office stuff and investigative work. I had gotten my license in and then eventually went full-time with him and then was there for a, a short stint, kind of realized he wasn't quite the nicest guy on the planet. And right. so at 22 years old, started my own business. That is so amazing. So I tell people I was too young and stupid to yeah. know any better. You know, really. <laughs> too dumb to fail. It's true. <laughs> that's awesome. It's the truth. Yeah. Wow. What a story. Uh, th- that's great. So the type of investigative work that you did when you decided to make this move, was it more along the lines of the work that you were doing at the firm you worked for? Um, or was it all different types of investigative work? Um, I, we, you know, my motto at that point was anything for money. Um, so I mean, yes, when you start out, you know, you know, you still, at least for me, I still remember, you know, the day the the phone rang for the first time and it was a real case, you know, the first couple of rings, it was just wrong numbers. And so, you know, those days are just vividly burned into my memory. I mean, I didn't have a plan. I didn't have any money saved. And so, yeah, I took, you know, any kind of case that came in the door. Surveillance was obviously the most lucrative. You know, you could just spend a lot of hours out there and build time. And then, of course, got into background um, checks and locates and and that kind of thing. And then eventually got into um, criminal defense work, which really became my love. I mean, it was it was my niche. You know, I found a couple of attorneys who really mentored me and just brought me along the way. And it was just a lot of fun. And, you know, I did criminal defense work until about seven or eight years ago. Our um, state continued to decrease the rates that they were paying investigators. And so it was just, you know, it was a hard decision, but I had to make the decision to stop doing court appointed work. We still do um, retained capital or first degree cases, but obviously there's not that many retained murder cases that you have, well, but, um, but thankfully for that. Yeah. I mean, yeah <laughs> right. Um, but you know, over the years I've, I've worked, um, I think about 275 first degree cases and about 125 of those were capital. Yeah. So I've spent a lot of time on the streets. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk about all that stuff a little bit later. Cause I think that's, that's a super interesting topic and we haven't really gotten into it. Um, so barefoot investigations is, is your business, which you started at a, a ripe young age. <laughs> so yeah. that's amazing. So obviously when you started, it was just you, uh, but you have a, a, a different operation now. So tell me um, how you were able to build up over the years and, and what has been your experience in, in how that has all changed uh, since you started? Well, it's definitely changed a lot. I mean, you know, when I started at 2022, I mean, really, I I was doing everything. I mean, I was typing the reports. I was, you know, doing all the office work, paying the bills, doing the surveillance, you know. So there was 20 hours a day, you know, like many of of us have um, done, you know, when we started out. And then very quickly, I um, moved into an office space. Back in the day, you know, the the first yellow page ad I got, <clears throat> I took a leap of faith and got a quarter page ad, which was a big deal back then. You yeah. know, and in 1988, I was paying over two grand for a quarter page ad, wow. which was painful <laughs> at the time. But um, so I moved into an office and um, over the years just kept adding people, but really got to a point where six or seven 
you know, of us total office manager, um, and then five or six investigators kind of became what I considered my sweet spot. I was comfortable, you know, it got to a point where the business kind of ran itself. I didn't have to be there every day, even though, you know, I still was. And then in, um, you know, 2000, I had my, uh, our first daughter. And so I was able to just really have the best of both worlds. I was able to have a, you know, a business that was lucrative, that, you know, was great support for our family and then be with, you know, our kids. So we subsequently had a second daughter two years later. Mm-hmm. And so for 17 years or so, I balanced motherhood, raising kids, being at all their ac- activities, never missing a softball game and still being able to run a business. And yeah. so that was what I called the sweet spot. Yeah. And so now our kids are away at college and, um, you know, really COVID is in part what sparked this. Um, How can I develop? How can I continue to grow? How can I continue to change Um, and just um, make Barefoot PI a place that I can stay around as long as I want to stay around? And then as I decide to start phasing out, you know, how can it continue to make me money? And I realized at that point that I need to change my mindset and move to um, a growth, you know, a vision of growth and expansion. And what I had was working great. And I was very comfortable for for many, many years. But now we've had a lot of changes at at our company within the past 10 months. And so we're moving definitely on a different trajectory. Yeah. I'm waiting for the franchise to come out. (laughs) <laughs> you're like, you'll be the first that I call <laughs> you don't, don't, like, under wraps still stop it <laughs> <laughs> right right uh, it's a great name too it's like they tell you don't make it your last name right never make your your agency your last name because what are they buying yes. right are they buying you or right. are they buying the company but your name actually works <laughs> so you're, you're the exception to the rule <laughs> it does you know I could I just couldn't resist I mean yeah. of course I didn't know any better back in the day but yes right. you're right now they say you know you don't want to be the the value of your business yeah. you want your vis- their business to value itself but um, I couldn't resist I mean it is a great name sure um, you know people remember it everybody you know people ask me oh where's your name is it Indian you know, are you Native American? Of course, you know, obviously I have no Native American features and I really did not ever know the origin of my last name. Uh, It's my maiden name. I didn't take my Brian's name when we got married. I didn't know it until about two years ago. And I had a neighbor who was really big into ancestry and she said, I just want to research it. And I said, great, I would love to know. And there's lots of crazy backstories, but in the end, we're basically um, from Wales. So, um, in fact, there is not, from what she could determine, there's not a Native American tribe that's barefoot. There's yeah. Blackfoot, okay. but no barefoot. Interesting. Very interesting. Did you hire her as a researcher when she was done or no? I, I have. <laughs> of course she's, you did. She's phenomenal. <laughs> she sounds I mean, awesome. She, she is absolutely phenomenal. Um, so, yes, I have paid her, but she 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 has more money than she needs. So, she right. likes to be paid in wine, not well, cash. You go. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> some, some good vintage out there. <laughs> Right. Uh, and it appreciates too, right? <laughs> so you buy Absolutely. the bottles, hold Absolutely. on to them. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Where's When's the barefoot wine coming out? <laughs> well, there is barefoot wine. I was going to say, I, I think I'm there is. not a part of it. <laughs> no, that's not, uh, <laughs> right. yeah. not your name. It's funny, back in the 80s, you know, before barefoot wine was on the East Coast, I don't even know when they started, but I had some, an attorney friend who had gone out to California and he brought me back a bottle of barefoot wine. I still yeah. have it. This was in the late 80s before we had even heard of barefoot wine out here. And I still have that very bottle. So you didn't send him a cease and desist letter? 
<laughs> Is it like trademark uh, and no, no, <laughs> issues? Didn't do it. All right. <laughs> Super interesting. Very cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. And I mean, listen to me as a, a, a business owner and you know, my operation is, is, has been bigger. It's been smaller, but I think you're right in the sweet spot for me anyways, is it around four or five employees. And I'm in that growth phase now too, where it's probably going to expand a little bit. Um, so having those conversations with you at conferences about that, that's, that's encouraging for me because you're, you're a few more years in this than me and just seeing, how you, how you get there and when you make that decision to to make that transition what does that look like uh is something that you know in my head i'd like to do it you know i have i have i have the seven year plan you know where do i see myself in seven years um and that's that's definitely something i've i've considered so the idea of hiring you know a um a chief executive officer or something like that you know is is crazy but you know it's not impossible right yeah. I mean, really, I, I have to give credit to, to Brian, my husband, you know, as you know, he owns Delta V Forensic Engineering and he's, mm-hmm. he started in my conference room about 17 years ago, right. um, just him. And um, he's grown his business to uh, almost 60 employees and wow. five different offices. And he really has that gift of, of vision um, that I never had. I mean, I really, I always just would tell people I'm a fly by the seat of my pants kind of gal. Yeah. I mean, just, that's just what I was. It's like, I'd get up. All right. What are we doing today? Let's take the, take care of this. Let's knock it off the list, mark right. it off the list and right. just feel good about what we did. Sure. And so really during COVID, when we were at home, you know, we just started having conversations about, okay, what are we going to do in retirement? We we're planning a sabbatical in about five years. And so how is this going to look and how is this going to work? And so, he really has been just an awesome mentor for me. And that sounds probably silly to say your husband's a mentor, but, yeah. you know, we're both business owners and yeah. um, it's just been a great resource. And so we were just really able to, um, the more we talked, the more my mind started to sort of change because, you know, when you've been doing something the same way for 35 years, 30, you know, four years at the time, it's hard to even think differently because you're just so used to thinking the same way. And so, yeah. You know, he'd given me a couple of books to read. I mean, one of the one of the great first books that I read was um, E Myth Revisited, and you know that is about um, a sort of a family style business that you know everybody jumps in and everybody has their hands in everything, and you don't, you know, you're too afraid to expand. You you want to get busy enough and overly busy, you know, over capacitated to. Um, to, to grow and to hire people. And that was right. my mindset. It would be like, all right, if, you know, if, if I pay 30 hours of overtime this week, and if that happens for the next two months, then I'll go hire another investigator. Right. And I've just realized that, you know, it worked for a while, but that's not where I see, you know, barefoot PI going in the future. You really have to make um, an intentional effort to plan and expand and grow. And it's a, it's a learning process for yep. me. And, I mean, it's intentional every single day. You know, I, you I read books, you know, the five five dysfunctions of a team, the five levels of leadership. Yep. You know, those are things that I've just been Simon, reading uh, and learning. Was it Simon uh, Sinek is another guy, uh, if you ever um, read any of his stuff. Yeah, that's not his, but you're It's right. not he his, but yeah, he's, he's a great, yeah. uh, you know, hey, motivate you to run your business or do things in, in the right way. I've, I've read a couple of his. I'm terrible yeah. at book names. And and honestly, I audiobook. <laughs> I don't have the time to sit there <laughs> yeah. and read. Yeah. I cheat. Uh, I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. I'm in my car a lot, so I'm either podcasting or listening to uh, to audiobooks to, uh, to get through the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, and as you know, I mean, it's 
it's scary. I mean, there's, you have to take a leap of faith. Um, but what I have found is that leap of faith has created energy within our company that I never even knew existed. And, and honestly, that energy in and of itself has created work somehow. I think, I think it's magical. I mean, this is no lie. When I first started my business, I had business cards printed. I went and knocked on doors for attorneys, tried to see whoever I could. I was 22 years old. You know, I stunk at it. I yeah. mean, I was terrible at it. I hated yeah. it. It just wasn't my talent. And, and the time, got- right? So think of it like the 80s where, where folks that, you know, they're coming out of that that generation of, of Don Draper and, and Mad Men and where, where, you know, women weren't given the type of respect, right? You guys had right. just broken through in the 70s and, and now you're, you're, you're here and you're taking to be taken seriously, right? But you still have yeah. to overcome those bad attitudes, right? Right. And an additional time, challenge, right? Yeah. And at that time, I mean, I would say in our, in Charlotte, probably 70, 70, 75% of the attorneys were male. Yeah. But I mean, I did in my first, you know, awesome clients that are, have been loyal to me to this day, you know, were males and they, yeah. you know, they did, as I said, took kind of took me under uh, their wings and just kind of taught me the ropes. But Literally from that first few weeks that I, I call that marketing, right. I never did any more marketing ever right. until this past week. We uh, exhibited at a conference at the South Carolina, North Carolina Employment Bar nice. uh, down in Charleston. So for you know 35 years, I had not done any marketing. And yeah. so that, again, is a mindset. And I, and I do think if, if I were to tell the truth back 15, 10, 15 years ago, I really probably felt like, hey, I don't need to market. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm too good to market. Yeah. I'm really good at what I do. I have lots of business and I'm too good to market. And that was, um, that was in hindsight, the wrong mindset to have. And yeah. so I've learned a lot um, just from being the person that I was into the person that I am now and how I'm still growing into getting into the visionary mindset. Yeah. It's interesting. You're saying that. So like early on, you were talking about spending $2,000 on, on print ads and all that. And I just, I shudder because I, I remember when I started same deal, right? Law journal, $2,700 to run your ad. And I, and you know, I was like, God, I'm just throwing money away. I, I, I got <laughs> right. like one client out of it. I'm like, who does anybody really read the law journal? You know, and when this, this was, you know, early 2000s, right? So there was that transition of, okay, everyone's starting to do digital now, but there still is this tangible newspaper that comes out. And I'm like, I don't see investigators in there really, one or two. Right. So maybe I can grab up some of the market share. <clears throat> my key, my, my marketing key on that was for my ad was, are you unhappy with your current investigator? Right. So that was my tagline. Cause I was Absolutely. speaking directly to the attorneys. Like I know they probably have somebody right. And mm-hmm. maybe they're not happy with who they're using and it's my chance to get in and do it. So that ad worked um, yeah. and it didn't work great. I think I got three or four clients out of it, but they said to me like that tagline is what got me. Right. So I was like, good. But then I realized that my advertising budget should not be in, in print ads and it shouldn't be online Google or any of that. Cause, cause of, of who I was going after. Right. So I was going after, personal injury attorneys. Um, so they don't go to Google per se to do that. Like if I advertise in Google, I'm getting, Hey, you know, uh, my spouse is cheating on me. I need somebody for that. Right. I didn't want that work. Uh, or Mm -hmm. satellite investigations. 
I need a satellite image of the accident that happened two weeks ago. And I, to this day, right. I still get those phone calls and it's right. like, right. you know, the people, the tinfoil on their head and their heads are calling me about this stuff. And that's, you know, shame on me for naming my business satellite. <laughs> it's like, that's what you get, dude. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so it's interesting that you say that in identifying. And I think you're right. We get into these mindsets of this is good, right? I'm, I'm making a living here. I'm supporting my family. I'm happy. Uh, everything's firing in the right direction, do I want it to be more? And are we afraid that we'll fail if we try and make it more? Am I going to blow this thing up if I take a chance? Um, it's interesting that you're saying that because I, I've had those thoughts in my head, right? And, you know, I always told myself when I started, like, I want to be boutique. I want to be a boutique investigation firm. I'm not that guy that's going to have this huge, you know, investigative firm and, um, try and run that because I saw, I had friends that, that had 80 investigator companies that, you know, they, it blew up and yeah, he was doing, you know, I don't know, three, four, $5 million a year. And it's like, wow, that's great. You know? Um, but there's a lot of headaches that come with that. And then I had a competitor who merged with a, um, a company that offered legal services and me and this competitor and I, we pretty much ran in the same circles of how we spent our advertising money. And I'd see him in events and doing whatever. I used to start getting so many phone calls after he had that merge of we're switching to you from this guy. Please don't tell him. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're unhappy with the level of service that it's become. So what happened was they got so big because they wanted to do all these trial services and whatever that they, their investigative unit was not being managed and maintained the same way it used to be. Right. And there was that loss right. of service. So it was my opportunity to come in as a boutique company, more paying attention to detail and just doing a better job. Uh, and, it, and that's just where my model was as opposed to where his model was. So there's always that, do I do it or do I don't do it? And something you said, I, I think is really interesting. And, I, and we'll, we'll cover this before we jump into the break, you know, that you have happy people working for you, that you, you, the, the culture and the mindset that you've you've set with people working for you um, is is you think that's how you're getting more business. You couldn't be more right about that, right? Treating your people with respect that work for you, giving them incentives via sales bonuses if you hit certain goals, having them feel like they're a part of this growing thing. It, it's so important. I've talked about this many, many times, and I'll say it till the end of time, um, how important that is. So it, it really just, uh, I, I think you've identified uh, something here and you, you've definitely, uh, you're going in the right direction on that. Well, you know, talk about being scared. I yeah. mean, you know that, um, you know, there's just things you have to take a leap of faith on. Yeah. And uh, as I've mentioned to you, you know, we hired uh, a president in January. Yep. Um, that's Chris Foreman. And his background is, is he's got an MBA. He came yeah. from the consulting background. So he knew nothing about investigations before um, he came in. And so, you know, 10 years ago, that jam would have said, oh, there's no way I could yeah, right. ever hire anybody that knows nothing about investigations. What could they do? What would they do? Because we were, you know, I was of the mindset of, I was never a control freak, but I was like, oh yeah, I can do that. Nobody can do it like me. I can do that. And so now it's been, um, you know, he's come in, you know, he's from the consulting world. Yeah. It's a big salary yeah. for me to take on. It was a big giant leap. Yeah. Um, he's only 32, but he's brilliant. And it's been, um, it's been the most exciting thing that's happened to my business yeah. ever by far. And, 
one of his questions when we uh, interviewed him, he was like, why are you doing this now? You know, you've been in business 30 something years. Why are you, why are you doing it now? And, you know, my answer was that I wasn't ready 20 years ago. You know, again, as I went through my comfort zone, my sweet spot, raising my kids and then, you know, building the business that we had, or at least maintaining, I just wasn't ready to let somebody in to, to take that side of it. Sure. It's been the greatest compliment. I mean, he is just fabulous on business development, um, processes, procedures, um, team building. And so I have now been able to become, you know, the subject matter expert. I don't have to figure out who's billing what percentage of time and are they billing the right percentage of time? Are they paying for themselves? What should the salaries be? Who do we hire next? I mean, um, we have hired, we've hired, four or five people in the last six months. I mean, that's, I mean, and again, we didn't start marketing until last week. So there is some energy that comes with it. Now with all that, you know, he's the president. And so I had to give up my office, you know, I've had the corner office for all this time. And so we actually just gutted our entire office. We opened it up to make it a little more collaborative. We had to create more seats for people because we knew we were going to hire people. Yeah. And then, um, you know, he's got the big corner office because he's the president. <laughs> exactly. And just just as an example of how that creates energy, yeah. um, you know, we've just opened, launched a digital forensics um, division, not a division, it's part of Barefoot PI, but there's yeah. a guy that's in town that I've known for a long time, worked with him on cases before. He had um, gone to a bank to do their forensics work. Big cushy job. You know, he had it made. He could have just rolled right on out to retirement. And he came over to the office one day. He saw what was happening and started texting me and said, man, I I really like your digital forensics lab you have. And I said, how would you like to be the director of digital forensics? And again, that's a big hire, but it's exciting. And so he saw the energy that was going on there and I can't explain it. It's just, it's just kind of magical and it's fun. It's, yeah. I mean, I'm just having a blast watching it happen. Yeah. I mean, it's worth the corner office, right? Just yeah. <laughs> I still, I like my office. I have a nice glass and all, I, I like my office. I work out of a cubicle in a, in a lawyer's office, right? I, haven't, uh, I have not earned that corner office yet. Uh, um, I, and I'm kidding because my other office is just, it's just me and it's a big, huge room. Um, and, and I guess my, my, uh, my corner office is my house, <laughs> the, right. the, the area that I've allocated, uh, that that's mine. When we, we built a house, uh, I guess it's about a year and a half ago and, uh, I have an office, like it was designed specifically for me to work more at home, huge right. windows, like great lighting and all that. Um, and it's, it's great. It's hard not to work from home sometimes because it, it's just so comfortable here. Um, and, and not having to commute. And, and that's the other interesting thing with COVID it, it, it that changed the whole mindsets to it of, of not only yeah. us, but our, our clients, right where they used to have that face to face, but now it's like, ah, you know, let's do a zoom or let's, let's, you don't have to come in or I'm, I'm working from home. And, and I noticed the attitudes of, I need this right away. Like this got to happen. Like that stuff is gone. People as a, a, their whole mindset has changed. It's like, I need this when you can get to it, just get to it, you know? Cause it's yeah. like life You're exactly right. fell apart here for everybody. Yeah. So, which well, is and it's, and way. it's whatever works, but yeah. you know, I just, I, I feel like that, um, you know, I, if there are people out there who are looking to, you know, just not let their PI business fizzle yeah, out, yeah. you know, I mean, think about it. You've built it. It's successful. I mean, for me, it's like, you know, I'm not going to retire anytime soon because I just love what I do. Right. But, you know, 10 years from now, 
um, 15 years from now, what, what would happen to it? Yeah. And, you know, so I had to start putting some thought into it because I have a huge client base, fortunately, right. and I just didn't want it to just fizzle out. And you, it, it's rare that you have somebody on your staff that's a great investigator that can run a business. Yeah. And so I didn't have anybody that could run. I have great investigators, yeah. great employees, but they can't run a business. And that's the reason we brought Chris in. And yeah. so, um, yeah, again, you have to, I feel like what I've learned in the last six months is that I have to be very intentional about growth and what happens next and learning, you know, yes, I've been the leader of my business, but you know, there's different levels of, of leadership as John Maxwell says. Right. Um, and I'm learning where I fall on that level yeah. and it's not very high yet, but yeah. I've, I'm learning what I need to do to continue yeah. to, to grow and move up that level. John, John Maxwell is actually great. I know that name. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. He's, he's, he's got some good insight. Um, our, our pastor actually at my church is a big Maxwell fan. He's always oh, nice. using, yes. using nice. his stuff. Yes. Yeah. It's really, he, uh, yeah. He is famous for working with a lot of uh, churches for sure. Yeah, really cool. Uh, so we have really overextended into, uh, into break time, but we're going to, we're going to take a break now. And I okay. had teased earlier that we were going to do first degree murder, you know, capital stuff, but I feel like, I, I, I want to maybe bring it back a different time to talk about that stuff because <laughs> okay because we're we're hearing this and I feel like we're we're onto some nuggets that are useful for some people so you've just earned yourself another spot nice <laughs> I love it I love it thank you yeah that's cool so uh, we're gonna take a break real quick so everybody sit tight and when we come back we're just gonna keep hammering down on this stuff because I think we got some good nuggets here so everybody sit tight and we'll be right back one full data access without a site inspection. IRB Search gives you full social security numbers, dates of birth, up-to-date contact info, and so much more without the inconvenience or cost of an inspection. As an added bonus, you can access IRB data on any device in any location. You'll always have the best data anytime, anywhere. Visit IRBSearch.com and use exclusive promo code PIPOD2021 for a free trial and 100 credits. Offer available for new and returning customers. In 2019, Investigation Education Consultants added a new affiliate in its never-ending quest to provide quality professional investigative training. IEC is now offering certificate courses and investigative training online. Our website, IECOIT.com will soon offer a certificate in professional investigation for those interested in entering the investigative field. There'll be standalone investigation classes for those seeking continuing education credits, CEUs, or just interested in taking classes for their own personal or professional interests. The classes currently available are Foundations of Investigation, Legal Investigation, Criminal Investigation, Fraud Investigation, Background Investigation, Interviews and Statements, Skip Tracing Locates, Ethics, and Report Writing. Investigator Toolbox members will receive a 20% discount off the listed price. So visit IECOIT.com. Check out the latest issue of PI Magazine. Robert Freed and Dr. Henry Lee grace to cover. Get it online or via hard copy. And if you're in the Owings Mills area of Maryland, or not far from it, come meet Matt this Friday. For the Maryland Investigators and Security Association event. The event takes place November 18th, so learn more at misahq.com. We'll leave a link in the description. Hey, Perspectives, this is Matt Sperry, your host. Today we are talking to Jan Barefoot. Jan, welcome back to the program. Thanks. 
Yeah, so we teased everybody that we were going to talk about capital murder cases today, but that's not happening. <laughs> so we're going to yeah. we're going to stick on the subject. I got a little long-winded, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't want to change here because I, I feel like with the time left, we wouldn't be able to cover that other subject as well. So we'll just have you back on. That's simple. Well, um, and that is that is definitely something that I am very passionate about. Yes. I mean, it's I think it's my it's my niche. I learned so much from so many great attorneys, and yeah. um, I just I just really love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we'll 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 definitely have you back soon, sooner rather okay. than later. Um, so, getting back into what we were talking about before, this whole growth of your business and identifying uh, when to do it, or or um, yeah, how to identify the right way to do it. Um, I I think it speaks to you know, the mid-sized companies, but also the smaller companies, you know, I, I remember, I guess it was 2007. So I started my business in 2005 and in 2007, I realized I couldn't do everything by myself anymore. And I had this mindset of, I will only hire people that make me money, right? So hiring an admin, hiring a bookkeeper, hiring, like that's just mm-hmm. throwing money away, right? That was my yeah. mindset. And I'm like, I need to hire a field investigator to help me actually do, um, do that kind of work. And, um, that's what I ended up doing. And I had a a gentleman start working for me. Uh, I guess he was with me almost seven and a half, eight years. He was a great employee. And, um, it allowed me to grow my business, but I, the business stalled, uh, Mm -hmm. because I, I was still doing, all the back end work. I was still doing the billing. I was still doing the collections. You know, I was doing marketing to get new clients. Um, I was doing some investigative work, but he was doing the majority of the stuff and we were kind of splitting things up. So then I hired another field investigator so I could do that and I continued to grow. Right. But still mm-hmm. I was hitting that, that point where it wasn't really doing it. I had enough people that were, they were making money. I was making money. I was able to buy a house. I mean, it was like, it was heading in the right direction, but it wasn't until I hired actually an, an I call her an operations manager. And uh, man, it was one of the best decisions I ever made because yeah. yeah, I pay her and she doesn't necessarily bill for me, but what she does, she frees me up to do what I need to do, which is get new clients and, and, and work on the higher, harder cases and you know my specialty and things that need to be done there. And that just, it, it took me to a whole nother level. Um, and how is that with you, with your, your experience? Did you notice the same thing? Um, well, I mean, I did, I, the first person I hired, um, was a surveillance investigator. And then pretty soon after that, I hired an office manager and, um, and that was the person who did the transcription of the tapes, you know, right. typed the reports, um, you know, all the billing, setting up files and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, so I, I feel like that that was one of the best hires I've I've had for sure. But one of my many lessons that I have learned this year is that it is is sure it's got everybody's got to be productive. You know the yeah. the non admin people have to be productive. They have to bill you know a, a certain amount based on their salary or a certain percentage. You've got it. You need to have that multiplier. You know, right. hopefully near three. Right. Um, but, you know, what I've really found is that um, it's not about how much office time I'm paying my investigators. You know, if they were coming in billing time to office, you know, and not billing a client, then I was al- always pretty mindful of that and pretty um, thoughtful of, all right, I want to make sure that they're here for a short period of time. We're efficient with what they're doing. 
And I think I, I've, and I think they will tell you that I've definitely relaxed along those lines because yeah. for me, um, I'm seeing that it's, I'm learning that it's more about the culture, yeah. you know, than two hours of office time. And so, you know, we, you know, we get together more often. I mean, one of the things that we started doing uh, as COVID, I think it's really is, has really been the trigger for me going in this direction. Um, we had moved to Office 365 in January, the year before COVID. Right. And so, um, you know, when COVID hit, of course, you know, we didn't stay slow for very long. But yes, there was that yeah. slow period where all the attorneys were transitioning to home and everybody was figuring out what Zoom was. Nobody so was touching any had, files. That's what exactly. I noticed, right? So they were yeah. they were yeah. home. They had work to do, but they didn't do it. <laughs> Not until yeah. like June. They started, okay, right. now I'll pick a file. Uh, up. Yes, right. yeah. exactly. And so, you know, we had uh, Microsoft Teams. And so... You know, Brian was like, you just, you guys just need to have, start having team calls. You need to have meetings. And I'm like, well, what are we going to talk about? You know? And he's just like, well, you'll figure it out. And I really, I can't tell you how clueless I was then in March of, of um, 2020 about building a team and cultivating the culture. I mean, we had a great culture anyway, but it's just exponentially better now. So I was so clueless back in January, I mean, March of 2020 to now. I mean, we we have team calls every Monday and every Friday, yeah. and it gives us an opportunity to talk about cases. It oh, gives us a, an opportunity to you. give I'm, each I'm, other kudos. I'm trying. We, I'm we trying to together. do it. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it it was awkward at first. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes, you know, we were sitting there like, all right, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about? So, but now we've grown to, you know, everybody has their kind of reports and the, the pieces that they talk about. Um, and then with regard to teams, you know, we have the team chat. And so when somebody gets some great video, you know, we're giving kudos to each other We're, yeah. you know, it's just, I just can't tell you how much that has created energy among uh, our team and among culture. I have, I have very, I've been very, very fortunate. I have a lot of longevity with my employees. I mean, my very first office manager that I hired was with me 17 years until she passed away, unfortunately. But I mean, I have a investigator that's been with me for 15 years. I have another, I have another 10 year employee, another nine year employee. Um, So I just have, I have one employee who, Megan, as you know, was there once and left and came back again. Yeah. So I had, I had a guy do that three times. He was a surveillance guy and, you know, you can't blame the surveillance folks for leaving tired and burned out. So he came back the third time and I said, all right, this is the last time, you know, when you leave this time, it's for good. I I, I have somebody that has been with me twice. Yeah. And I I think I I would be open to, to a third time, but I don't think it's going to (laughs) happen, you know, and and it's, it stinks because like. This, this is a female investigator. She was great. She was great. It's just her personal life got in the way, you yeah. know, and for whatever reason, you know, it just, it, there was a lot of drama going on. She couldn't actually work because of what was going on. And, uh, you know, it was like the last time, like she fly by night, just gone. I mean, like uh-huh. took a laptop, took, took, uh, you know, didn't finish reports and things like that. And uh-huh. I was like, I think I would still have this person back. <laughs> they came back, oh, you know, like if they wanted to come back, like, like there's nothing we couldn't get through, you know? Um, right, right. But I don't think it's going to well, happen. Well, and that's, you know, I mean, my, my, really my philosophy is just, I mean, I certainly have made tons and tons of mistakes, but, yeah. you know, I think if at your core, you just try to do the right thing, yeah. you know, by employees and by people and by clients that, yeah. you know, it's going to, it'll work itself out again. I've made many mistakes. I mean, 
we were having a meeting. Um, I probably shouldn't tell this about myself, but we were having a meeting uh, um, last week because the guys were not getting their reports and their video uploaded on time. And so we just had a long list of things that were missing. And so, um, you know, we called them in and we just, you know, I said, guys, you know, I said, Travis, who's been here for 15 years, he can tell you five years ago, I'd be walking and pacing and screaming and right. you know, I'd be all mad about this. I said, but right now, I'm not mad about it. We're just going to fix it. And this yeah. is how we're going to fix it. Yep. And so, and, and one of my other employees who's very new, she texted me later. She said, I, I really appreciate your positivity surrounding yeah. that and how you handled it. So, so it's interesting that you're saying that. So I, um, there's a book that my, my pastor wrote actually, uh, it's called how the mighty have fallen. Uh, it's Greg Johnson is the name with two G's, um, is the name of the, the, uh, the author. And basically he um, wrote the, the, this book on on um, like wisdom, right, and using the wisdom of of, of counsel, right, uh, of, of people below you, and how that can really change um, change everything, right. So uh, I used to rule my business with a, an iron fist. And that can get me anywhere, you know, but by, by reading that book and learning like how to talk to my employees better and, and treat people better and, and all that, it was, a it was a game changer for me, um, because I was able to really just learn how to be better with people, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, and it's, I'm guilty of having an alpha personality, right? I'm an entrepreneur. I like to get things done. If I can do it, you should be able to do it, right? If I'm doing the same work that you're supposed to do, don't tell me you can't do it. And you can't have that attitude, right? Because there's always more to the story as to why. Okay, so why is this person struggling? As opposed to you're not a good person, you got to get out of here, right? Right. Just looking at things differently. I love your idea of teams. And I had jumped in and said, yeah, I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to do it. I'm almost there. So I, I want to do it. I just haven't had the time to really loop everybody in and do it. And it's something I know I need to do, but I'm thinking in my head, like as you, as you're doing that, like one of the benefits of having this is like, okay, I'm doing this research here. This is what I've done so far. And I'm hitting a wall mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, one of the other guys said, well, did you try this? How about if you do it this way? Or maybe, yeah. you know, try that resource over there. And it's just having your team, now give ideas on, on, on some alternate solutions yeah. uh, is, is, is there, right? So it's like having those uh, principles, right? And that, that book, right, it's all based on, it's biblical, it's based on Solomon, you know, and the wise men that were right. around him. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was a game changer for me to understand that, that it's just having good counsel around you, um, and that can be anybody, it could be your spouse. It could be, you know, a coworker. It could be, you know, a pastor. It could be, you know, anybody, a good friend, somebody who can give you good advice and wisdom, yeah. you know, well, uh, it's, it's important. Well, we, ironically, we started, you know, again, because at that point, you know, we couldn't go out and do surveillance. There was mm-hmm. lots of things that we couldn't do. Courthouses were closed. And so right. we started um, with training. I said, all right, guys, look. And, you know, I, I had said to them, I'm going to, you know, we'll pay you a minimal, a minimum, a certain minimum per week. Um, and we're going to do training. And as part of that training, we're going to do presentations. And so I had each of them, we, they rotated, they would do certain training, you know, in a particular week and they would present to the team the next week about what they learned. They would. And so that taught them how to do spreadsheets. It taught them a little bit about presentation, which they don't Mm. normally get to do. So I felt like it was creating some skills that they didn't have. And so, you know, we learned a lot through that. We even had a um, 
you know, back then everybody was getting out walking once the weather finally turned sure, and so they yeah. were doing exercise. And we even had a fitness challenge. And so we had a, a, a set number of goals that if we, if all of the entire team, you know, did some kind of workout, it, it could have been walking your dog. We counted right. pretty much everything. If you did some sort of activity right. um, every day for the month, then they got a, you know, an, an outing once COVID got over with. In fact, we just, we just did that outing a few weeks ago at Top Golf. Oh, so, cool. you know, they kept saying, you know, when are we going to do our fitness challenge outing? You know, when are we right. going to get that? So those were things that we just tried to be creative and right. that helped the teams um call thing become a little more natural so somebody but, you know, uh, does somebody win a prize for the longest drive or, or no he did have a longest drive but he, his prize was going to top golf so <laughs> he, did, he did have the back thing <laughs> um but you know you're talking about you know, yeah. ruling with a heavy hand and and you know i don't know that i would put myself in that category some of my employees might but certainly yeah. in my younger years i was yeah. more high strung i mean yeah. heck i was raising two kids i was yeah. i was I was out on capital cases on the street with attorneys and I would take them down the street and drop them at Starbucks because I was still nursing and I had to pump. So, you know, I mean, what, who's not going to be crazy during that yeah, time? Yeah. Yeah. It's the hormones. It was just blaming but, the horn hormones. <laughs> um, but, you know, really, I think one of the talents too is knowing that you have good people that are not always good at everything. You talked about, well, I do this. Why can't you do that? I And so that was an adjustment for me too. Yeah. Now I'll tell my surveillance guys all day long, I have crawled through the woods. I have sat in the rain. I have went through the, you know, mm -hmm. done all kinds of things on surveillance. So don't, don't even come whining to me about exactly. that. Yeah. But, you know, I have, I have an employee who is, um, you know, pretty severely ADD and he has the best heart he is a great surveillance investigator. He's great with clients. He's just not organized. And right. so for a couple of years, he was our surveillance case manager. And, you know, it was trying to for, trying to put a square peg in a, in a round hole. Yeah. And, you know, so we finally just mutually agreed, this, this is not where you thrive. And so I think the two of us realizing that that was not where he, you know, it just wasn't a good fit for him. Mm. Let's move him over here. This is what you are really good at and own it. You know, yeah. there's nothing wrong with being a surveillance investigator. Right. In fact, it takes a huge amount of talent. It takes yeah. guts. It takes determination. You know what it takes. Yeah. Um, and so I think for the knowing your employees and establishing that kind of a relationship with them to let them know that you want what's best for them. You're not just trying to get some billing time out of them. Right. You know, you want them to be happy. You want to put them in a, in a place that's going to be a great fit because yeah. then everybody thrives. Yeah. Especially if they're, if they're driven to get the job done correctly and not just get the job done, yeah. you know, and there's some incentive on there. It, it's going to impress your client, right? You're going to get that next assignment. You know, it's a win for everybody. Um, yeah. I mean, really for us and, and I know for everybody, for the most part, but it is all about the clients. I mean, I mm -hmm. tell my team frequently, you know, yes, these domestic cases can be a pain. They can be aggravating, but these folks are going through the worst time in their entire life. Yeah. And most of them have no one else to talk to, but us right. because they're, the, we're the only ones that know what's going on. Oh, so, yeah. you know, I've done, them. I've done that uh, psychologist yeah. couch a few times. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it really is, um, it's about helping people yeah. find the answers that they need. Even if we deliver bad news to yeah. a domestic client, you know, yeah. that his or her spouse is having an affair. 
what what that is, I've seen that pe- that information bring them peace, even mm. if it's bad news, even if it's not what they want to hear. Right. It brings them information, and so now they know how they can move forward. Yeah, it's they know how to deal with it. Yeah. It's the unknown that drives them crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think we're going to wind down here. Um, this was great. I mean, thank you so much for your insight. And uh, I love this kind of stuff. Even it, 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 it's this episode is probably self-serving for me because I am at the <laughs> transition spot and I'm like, what well, do I do here? Well, at least one person will watch so, it, right? <laughs> yeah, at least one person. So I was like, all right, I had a good amount of time, almost an hour to talk to Jan about how she, yeah. you know, in that transition because that's that's the next step for me right uh, yeah so hopefully god willing um that's, well i'm still learning yeah and, and that's that's yeah. the thing you know we are still learning and there's still mistakes you know so like speaking of folks like you and kelly riddle who's been at it for a long time um yeah. you know harry gold another one who's been you know around for a bit and john hoda obviously um like these are you guys are national treasures you know it's really uh you know, it's, it's amazing because you don't look like you've, you've been here for 35 years doing this stuff. So, uh, well, and I'm sure you thank get that you. all the time, right? Um, no, but no. well, no. today you did. <laughs> so that's that. Well, okay. So we're rambling here. So let's, uh, let's end the show. So thank you everybody okay. for, uh, for tuning in. Thank you, Jan, for, uh, coming on. I promise you, we're going to have you back soon and we're going to talk about the, uh, capital murder stuff. Cause that, that is a topic that needs to be addressed and, uh, super yeah. interesting as well. Um, so, uh, we'll have your contact information in the show notes for folks. If they have any questions, uh, how they want to get a hold of you. And, Sounds great. Uh, yeah. Thanks everybody. Have a good uh, week and we'll uh, catch everybody next week on the next show. Thank you. Take care. Thanks to Jan for coming on. We'll have her back soon to talk about capital murder investigations. And we'd also like to thank Crosstracks, IRB, and IEC for sponsoring the show. So please support our great supporters. And did you know Investigators Toolbox has an app for Apple and Google? Take a few minutes and check out the website to really help boost your business, your networking, and your research capabilities. Use code PIP201836 and save $20 when you join. If you have a question or comment about the show, email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com and you can find him on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. He'd like your feedback to bring you the best shows possible. And we'll be back next Monday with a new show, so make sure you tune in and stay safe out there.